0: What's going on, everybody? It's the What to Do podcast here, and uh, I got a special guest with me today. We're gonna talk sports, and you know what? Get over it. Um, it's uh, it's Jordan Coyle with me. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, sir? Good. I'm good, man. I'm excited to have you in here, and this is something that um, we already do a lot. I mean, anytime we get together, we talk college football, um, and it, this is the best time for college football too. Yeah. <laughs> um so I kind of want to go into a little bit of a backstory why I got into college football. Um and first I'm gonna say my teams. So any San Diego team, San Diego State, mostly San Diego State, I root for, but any San Diego team I'm gonna root for. Um then I'm going to say Michigan. That's my second biggest team. Love Michigan. It's probably my first, but since San Diego State, I love San Diego State. If they yeah. won one, a national championship, <laughs> that would be crazy. But we're just not a college town. Yeah. Um, then I would say the Tar Heels and that's more basketball oriented, but I love Michigan and basketball too, but yeah. And, and where it all stem from why I even liked Michigan is simply just their helmets. I remember playing a video game <laughs> and yep, of course saw their helmets and I was like, man, they look like the Rams helmets. <laughs> and I liked the Rams at that time. So, um, that's kind of why I like them. And one of the the big things that we used to do on Saturdays and one of the biggest reasons why college football is like, it comes around to this time. It's like, I got, I got to talk to Jordan on how he feels about some of these teams. What are they how does he feel about them? Does he feel like they're doing good? Um, what's his crazy opinions on someone? <laughs> but every Saturday we would sit down and never leave that couch. Nope. Never. It was <laughs> always my mama's couch. Every every Saturday morning. And I had my spot too. It was up yep. against the window. Yep. <laughs> but I, was, and I then, was on the small couch. He was on the long couch. was on the and, long couch, and he'd lay there all day. And you know, if it was in between halftime. We go out and throw the ball around a little bit or go get food or snacks walk down to the gas station there um but that's one of the big reasons why i love college football and jordan is a real big reason why and um you kind of see why why do why do you love college football well, what got you into it what's your teams well you know i think growing up sports was always in my blood my dad avid Padres fan, you know, so I grew up with kind of that sports background and, um, I, shoot, I don't know what, what point I just fell in love with college football. <laughs> I really can't tell you, but it's the same exact kind of thing where, uh, I, with Michigan, especially cause they're, they're my number two team behind San Diego state always. Um, I just love their helmets. I loved, I loved everything about them, <laughs> The you know? colors. I loved yeah. everything about them um and so that that's what attracted to me me to it at first um and then you, you know, know it's weird too jordan we never really talked about it. like we never went like hey dude i like michigan do you like michigan is like yeah, we just I feel it's like it's just kind of a thing you know i yeah. feel like we, we we ended up watching college football all the time every saturday and it was like well i like that team wait you like that team? that's cool okay yeah. and then you know the cool thing about being on the West Coast is uh, you got college football from 9 a.m. until late at night. Yeah. So, like I mean, late games. You're watching college football from 9 a.m. until 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. So, there was always a game on that was entertaining, whether it was the Pac 12, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, anything. Uh, dude, like we're that. watching. And, and I mean, it's kind of funny, too, because Ivan does this little uh, test oh. with us. Oh, Mike, where did these guys get? Where where were they playing when they went to college? Well, I don't know if we could say rounds. That'd be pretty tough. Yeah, but um, no, that would that I wouldn't be able to do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, you plays this little game with us, and I think the reason why, dude, sometimes I can, if we can go back and watch us ourselves, we're sitting there watching the WAC conference. Oh, yeah. like we were not just watching SEC or um the Big Ten. It was like. Hey, what's the best game on possible right now? Dude, I'll watch a mountain. Mid West Tennessee game. versus yeah. you know Grambling versus <laughs> Alabama Tech. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's college football. Um, and and I think for me, you know, you kind of alluded to it earlier, is uh, you know, my teams have always been San Diego State, Michigan, and North Carolina in that order. And that's pretty much for everything. Um, college football and college basketball. Um, and that's, that to me, it's just, it goes to show that you can, you can really appreciate college sports on so many different levels. Cause obviously San Diego state is a different ball game than Michigan or North Carolina, especially in basketball. Yeah. Um, well, last I mean, year was different. I mean, hey, last, last year, year was different well, though. Not, we can't talk about that. Just yeah, yeah we'll get into that a little later. But, um, but you know, it's 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 a, it's a different type of game. You know, it's a different level of competition, if you will. And so you have to appreciate all of those levels if you really want to appreciate college football, in my opinion, because that mm-hmm. that helps you get to where you want to be. That helps you kind of appreciate the the college football if I playoff as it is today, you know? Well, sometimes there's gems too. Like there's guys that play, you know, there's several guys that have played for Buffalo. Oh yeah. Like Buffalo, University of Buffalo, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like some of those, some of those guys, you look at them at, well, who is it? Um, Mac played yeah, there, right? Yeah, Khalil Mack went to University of Buffalo. I think they had a running back too. Who's oh, who Who's no, no, no. our big running back? I don't know, big running back off the top of my head. no, Man, but. but Sorry, Ivan. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
1: we should, fa- yeah, we failed
0: you, Ivan. I'm sorry, but it, there's, there's those small schools too. And you see some of those gems and mm-hmm. perfect example is, uh, Jerry Rice. Yeah. You know, he went to a small school, division two school, yeah. um, shoot, Missouri Valley state or something like yeah. that, <laughs> that crazy. you know, something, and, and he ends up being one of the greatest wide receivers of all time in the NFL. So it just goes to show kind of that. The talent level is different, yes, but it's more about the development of of college football and how you progress that ends up taking you where you need to be. Well, I feel like sometimes when people watch college football, they're like, okay, I need to see number 10 versus number 13. Yeah. I need to see, like, in me, like, I don't really, I don't really look at the top 25 too much. No. Um, but usually I, I just kind of go, well, is it a good game? Yeah. Matchups. You know, like one team I, I am tired of watching them is like Georgia Tech. They're running the yeah. same offense. Yeah. So <laughs> the triple off op- the, the triple option, I just can't. Yeah. But there's just so many teams out there that um that you can root for and that you can fool for that those are just like you said, those are our three main teams. Mm-hmm. There's other teams that I root for too. When like you no, know, Oregon is kind of one of yeah. them that I've always kind of liked. Of course pulled for. Um, but yeah. There's some teams I absolutely hate to well, you know, it kind of goes back and I was I was listening to a few uh YouTube videos this last week, kind of uh previewing some of the upcoming games on week four for college football. And uh one of the um more popular YouTube personalities, which I won't name, but uh talked about it is it's especially important this year, the Dion tax. So, and essentially, what they alluded to was because Deion Sanders is this this big personality nowadays at, at at Colorado, he attracts even the most casual of fans, right? So, like he he gets the people who know nothing about the history of college football, nothing about the current status, of even college the history football. of Colorado. Yeah, I mean, even the history of Colorado, if you if we're being honest, and they think. They have their own opinions about certain things in college football when they, they really are completely off base. And while I love talking college football with pretty much anybody, it doesn't matter who it is, um, I, I feel like you have to have a certain level of respect for the sport, a certain level of understanding of the history of the, sport. Yeah. the alma moderns, the yeah. like, the, you the, know, the, like, that's but like, not- I don't know. It's just like even to like, oh, UCLA and San Diego State are playing. Like, I'm not going to watch that. They're not ranked. You yeah. know, like, well, come on. Like, that's still, still a good game. Still, still a good, good, good game. game. Yeah. Um, And I, I think even the lowest team, I mean, who did Georgia play last week? South Carolina. And they gave them a run for their money. gave for them their, a run, man. I mean, and you're talking about a South Carolina team that went in there unranked got, you know, beat pretty badly in week one by North Carolina and was leading the number one team in the nation at halftime, 14 3. Yeah. You know, that's and that's it's a testament to the coaching staff in the first half. It's also a testament to the fact that they have an elite quarterback in Spencer Ratler. But it just goes to show you anything can happen on any given Saturday. You know? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't matter who you're playing? If you underestimate that that opponent, it might be game over for you. I that he went there. Yeah, Spencer Radler. Where he at, he he first started at Oklahoma, Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma. He um, had that ba- he had that really bad game against Texas. Well, so if if I if I remember correctly, his first game in college, he ended up with like five touchdowns almost 500 yards and everybody was thinking man this guy's the next great heisman (laughs) candidate." and then he played you know as is as is most of the elite schedules in college football they played a few kind of softer teams and or uh i'm sorry stronger teams and he got exposed a little bit you know because his reads were off yeah the competition level stepped up and he's and an enemy. He, I mean, he's a young kid too. And wasn't that the time he got replaced by Kyler Murray, if I'm not mistaken? Was it Kyler Murray? No, you're uh, Caleb. 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 Caleb Williams. And then right. he transferred. Yeah. With the and coach. He, yeah, he went to USC. Okay. Um. You got you got the Oklahoma quarterback, right? I know, but well, you know how it goes sometimes. Yeah. My history is off sometimes, but um, but. He's, I mean, even coming out of high school, that guy was a five-star quarterback with, I mean, you can even look at it now when he's playing at South Carolina. He's got all the tools. Yeah. He could be an elite-level quarterback in the NFL if he really puts it all together. It might be just mental. He just, just, you know, there's certain things that don't click in college that, and I mean, look at Tom Brady. You know, we talk about being Michigan fans, and you and I have our own opinions about Tom Brady for sure, but, Mm -hmm. you know, he was a sixth-round pick. Yeah, Sixth, sixth round. round pick in the NFL draft and ends up being arguably the greatest quarterback in all and of the football and history. And if you don't know drafting, like, you're not drafting a quarterback in the sixth round to, like, for him to be your future. Yeah. That's like. No, that's a backup. It's a fill role to maybe even see if he's going to make yeah. a roster. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I, I definitely think college football is one of those, um. I I catch myself with NFL. I watch my teams. Mm-hmm. I watch the Cowboys, and I watch the Rams. And that's it. And if there's a good Monday night game, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll watch a Thursday night. Um, But I don't really keep track too much. I'm more, like college football, I'm like, yeah. if I miss a game, I'm upset. Yeah. like No, I'm <laughs> with you. I'm, I'm with mad. You. I'm like, man, yeah. that was, that's a good game. Like I missed Texas and Alabama. Yeah. And I was so bummed how did you miss Texas and Alabama? We were watching the fights up at Coles. Man, I tell you what, that was a good game. <laughs> but if you could have seen me, I was on Shoot. my phone just, yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and and I might get in trouble for this a little bit later, but uh, we were celebrating my wife's 30th birthday that day. No. <laughs> I'm, I may or may not have had that on in the background. Yeah, yeah. Watching it, you know, popping in every few, few minutes to watch the the score. I didn't get to watch the entire game, but that just goes to show you the excitement of the game, you know? Like, it's just, there's, there's nothing so, There's so many guys trying to make rosters. There's so many guys that want to make the NFL so that they give their 100%. Some of these guys know I'm not going to be in the NFL, but this yeah. is it. Yeah. So I'm going to be the best guy that plays at Nevada. Make a highlight. Yeah. So <coughs> college football to me is just, it's it's something, it's something that it's like there's so much history to it there's so much um you can be a fan of so many different teams and i don't know it's just such a um uh, i know it sounds like dumb but it's like a beautiful like well i think to celebrate football yeah and i think that's that's kind of the beauty of it you know because in the nfl most fans they have one maybe two teams right in college football, I mean we we named our three favorites, but on any given Saturday, I'm rooting for like twenty teams, dude. You know? Whoever's playing against Who, Ohio State, whoever's or, playing against Ohio <laughs> State, whoever's playing against Alabama, whoever's playing against Texas AM. Like But it's like also that love-hate relationship for Alabama too, because yeah I wa- I watch them all off because I want to see them lose. Oh yeah. But at the same time, it's like I gotta thank Alabama because it makes college football good it, it yeah. does i mean that's the same way i feel about colorado right now yeah i can't stay in colorado but you know what i respect what Deion sanders has done we'll get into it we'll sport. get into no, no, it. no no no. We're i know i know we'll get but, it. but it's kind of that same level you know it's like you might hate not hate you might not like the team but you can respect what they've done for the sport yeah I and guess. what they're what they're doing and what they're bringing it's kind of like the Connor, the Conor McGregor yeah, effect. exactly. It's like yeah. Conor draws so many people to the sport of the MMA, but the purists are sitting there going, but he's getting title shots and getting all this credit, and he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, yes, he he rose his way to the top, but the guy never defended his belt. Yeah. You know, so those type of things, as purists, you kind of go. Yeah, if you really understand the sport, you're kind of upset about it, but from a, like, just a pure entertainment status standpoint, you you have to appreciate it and respect it, you know, yeah. because it, it, it helps to make the sport, whether it's UFC or whether it's college football, it, it makes it what it is. It makes it as entertaining as what it is. All right. Well, let's, let's run through some of the, um, Jordan's got, up uh, the top, uh, 25 matchups this week. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm just going to go through these and these are in obviously no particular order. This is um but I'm I'm going to start out the first game I'm looking at here's Rutgers versus Michigan. Right? And everybody's thinking, <laughs> well, Michigan's favored by 24. Rutgers, we don't know what, what to expect from them. This is these are the scariest games. Maryland, like when they play Maryland, yeah. when they play Man, when they play these teams that they, they should beat, this, yeah. be, this should be a win. Well, and, and and here's the the problem that I have with the this Michigan game in particular is this is the first game this season with Jim Harbaugh. Oh, and I thought he was gone for one more week. No. Okay. okay. This is this is his first game back now. He was only suspended for three games. So this is his first game back. And, uh, you know, with that, obviously, there's going to be an adjustment period. Whether that's a half, whether that's three quarters, whether that's one quarter, I don't know. I have no idea. But I have a feeling, and trust me, I'm rooting for Michigan. You know that better than anybody, but I have a feeling there's gonna be a little bit of a a lull. And 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 people might An not adjustment. See, yeah. People might not see the the Michigan they're expecting from a number two team in the nation right away. Because it, it takes a little bit to get adjusted to that, you know. Um, do I think they'll cover? Cause that's not the way that they're built. No. They're, they're favored by 24. They'll win 21 to zero. Like that's how I could see this game going, Well, you know, I, I but saw a tough that. game. Like it's, it's set it's 14 to zero the whole game. Exactly. Well, and, and, and I saw a, a nice statistic the other day They so far through three games, they've only allowed 16 points. Now I know that that's been against lower level competition, but still you're, yeah. you're only giving up 16 points in three games. That's, that's pretty dang good, you yeah. know? So, how do you feel? How do you feel about the running back? You feel like I, I always forget his name. Uh, McCorum, Blake, yeah. Mc, uh, Blake Corum. Um, so I, you I, think he's a product of the system, or do you think he he could be a real good NFL running back? I think he could be a real good quarter or running back. Um, I think he's he's got the size. He's he might you know what he reminds me of a little bit is Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, he's a little bit shorter, but he's stocky. Yeah, and he's got the speed. You can move. He's got the blocking ability. He's got the receiving ability to make it. You can't play, play on Michigan me. if you don't auto to block. That's yeah. <laughs> you, ain't mean, you, you ain't making it. You ain't making it. Um, but no, Blake Corum, and and I think what makes him so special, if 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 I'm being completely honest, is the fact that you can interchange him with Donovan Edwards. Yeah, because that's that's about as good of a one-two punch as you're gonna find. I mean, we saw in that last Ohio State game against Michigan. Blake Corum goes out. You're thinking, and he went out what first quarter? Something yeah, first like quarter. First it was qu- after a first couple of plays. He tried know. it and he couldn't. He just couldn't go. And you're thinking, oh man, the game's over. And then Donovan Edwards Edwards comes in and he he rushes for over, over 200 yards. Um, I mean, they just didn't have an answer for him. You know? Yeah, he looks he looks um he's a downhill runner for sure. Yeah, and um, it's a good play. It's a good it's a good difference in the play because I feel like you got your, you got Blake Corum, who's kind of your, your smash and grab kind of, kind of running back. Um, and then you have Donovan Edwards, who's kind of your more zigzag cut and get up field kind of running back, you know, and I, I feel like it works because it's a different, it's a different pace when you're doing the running game. Um, they're all, they're all good in the past too. I mean, I, I think Edwards is a little bit lower on the, the passing, but they're both really good. Yeah. But it also, it also helps with the passing game too, because then you're talking about a running game that can go anytime you want to. So the defense has to respect that run game. And then you bring in JJ McCarthy, who's more than capable. He's one of the better quarterbacks in all the big 10, if not all of college football. And he might not make the splashy plays all the time, but he'll make the solid plays and he's not going to make, make very many mistakes. You know, I think that's what I, I love about him. And what I think coaches need, need to model their, I think coaches sometimes sit there and go, okay, I'm gonna make this my team. No, play to your players. Yeah. So it's like McCarthy, he's doesn't have the strong arm. He's not gonna go out there and throw for 300. He could. Yeah, he could. If he, you know, that secondary is horrible. Yeah. I, I feel like with him, just doesn't make those big time mistakes. Sure, he makes some mistakes, but I feel like he doesn't make those big ones where you're like, "Man, like you're just ruining our our chances of winning, yeah, I mean, I feel like especially with um with that running game, the complement of the running game and the passing game you're always going to be in every game, and so j g McCarthy, for instance doesn't have to be perfect, he doesn't have to be. And he's you know, awesome in the rollout. Yeah, he is. And 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 I I think that's what makes him so scary too is the fact that you have to respect his running game along with the running backs. Exactly. And then that creates another element of kind of confusion for the defense. So he might not be your prototypical NFL quarterback that's gonna you know drop back and give you three fifty four hundred yards and four touchdowns and no interceptions, but he's gonna get the job done. Yeah. He's going to get the job done. He's going to win a game. I agree. Um, and that's, that's where, that's where I have a great deal of respect for him, you know, with, and I'll just throw him out there because he was the last quarterback really that I, I I saw against JJ McCarthy in the comparison is CJ, CJ Stroud, you know, you saw the pressure and how that kind of got to CJ Stroud. And I don't think he reacted well to that. But on the flip side of that, you saw J.J. McCarthy and how he would react to the pressure, and he'd get out of the pocket, you know, and he'd yeah. try to roll out and extend the play and and find a find a, a throw downfield that he could make, and no problem, you know. And so and and C.J. Stroud was just, I mean, wasn't he a first or second round pick? Yeah, I, I mean, I think he was a first round first round pick. I think yeah, right. Well, so, I mean, that's an, that's an elite NFL level quarterback right there in cj stroud he couldn't beat michigan yeah he definitely looked flustered in that game for sure you could tell he was like well i think what was what hurt ohio state is ohio state played a pretty good beat yeah um i think what happened was they would score and they're like we're in it yeah yes and then we'd have a big run by edwards and it'd be like dang it Well, and now we have to go back down the field again. Yeah, exactly. And then he just couldn't keep up with that pressure. And McCarthy, when the pressure gets crazy, I think he slows the game down a little bit. They don't put a lot on his shoulders, and I feel like Ohio State put a lot of pressure on CJ. Well, and I think, and going back to the game this this upcoming week, I think that's the difference between... um, the Michigan team of last year and the Michigan team of this year is that, o- that off- offensive line for Michigan is dang near legit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how else to put it. You know, yeah. like that's, it's just, it's a beast of an O line. And if you can have that kind of offensive pr- uh, protection around your quarterback and your running backs, more than likely you're going to have some success, yeah. you know, more than likely you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get some, easy you're going to make it easy. Yeah. And so I. While I don't think they'll cover because that's just not the style of play they they run. Do I think they win fairly easily? Yes. The spread right it now might not be a bad idea to bet with records covering. You. Yeah, yeah. That's because crazy. I mean, the spread right now, if I'm looking at it correctly, is 24. You know, if we're being honest as Michigan fans, they beat Bowling Green 31 to six. You know, that's a 25 percent, uh, 25 point differential. Yeah. Do that's I think bowling green? And that's bowling green. Do I think they're better? They're 24 points better than Rutgers. I mean, yes, but do I think it's gonna play out with in, in the, in the box back, score? Probably mm. not, you know. So I think that's where that's where I'm at with that game. And I think, like I said, it, it'll be a little bit sluggish. It'll be a little bit kind of uh not your typical. It's an adjustment because hardball's yeah. coming back. And yeah. But I think eventually come third. Early fourth quarter, Michigan will start to run away with that game. I know we went off on a tangent with Michigan, cause that's our team. Yeah. Got it. Let's go through the rest of the teams here. Yeah. yeah. We got UTSA and Tennessee now. <laughs> Tennessee, man. <laughs> I'm not saying that UTSA is going to win. I'm not at all. Cause I, I think Tennessee is the better team and shout out to my old college <laughs> roommate, he, he loves Tennessee. He's from that area. So I have to love Tennessee. What I will say is, I've seen Joe Milton play in Michigan. Yeah, true. He wasn't that great. (laughs) He wasn't that great against Florida last week, and I do think that Tennessee's going to come back and win. Um, Yeah, I think I think they they're on a must win here. Yeah, but this is every year with Tennessee. Well, and 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 here's the thing with that game. Sorry, Morgan. This is every year, dude. Yes. Yeah. No, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, they're 2-1, and one, but let's be realistic about the situation. They're 0-1 in the SEC East now. Yeah. So now you're fighting an uphill climb because Florida, of all teams, Florida, yeah, is ahead of you in the standings. If Florida always finds a way to do this stuff. It makes me mad. <laughs> but... I I think Tennessee have, I think Tennessee will win that matchup but it that it's not going to be pretty cuz they they do not look like a good team. Well, and I'll tell you what. And this is this is obviously dependent on whether or not UTSA is healthy, but Frank Harris, the quarterback for UTSA is legit. So if he's playing and he's been hurt the last couple weeks, if he's playing, man, that's a game to watch out for cuz that could be that could be a shootout that goes down to the last couple drives, maybe. Maybe okay. the last drive. I don't know. I don't like I said, that I mean it's it's in Knoxville. That's always a tough place to play. Yeah. You know, you so you just got embarrassed. Yeah, you just got it, so you you got a little bit more to fight for, I guess. Yeah. Um I think they'll pull away with that. Yeah, they'll they'll end up they'll end up. I don't know if they'll cover the twenty one point five, but they'll win by two touchdowns, I think. Yeah. Um Next, we got North Carolina at Pitt. I mean, Drake May is just... A, he's a stud. Yeah. You know, and uh, Pitt lost to West Virginia last week, who I don't think think is that great of a team. Yeah. That, to me, seems like... And it's only a seven and a half point spread. Wow. Now, think, I'm not... And, they think and, very highly of Pitt, huh? Well... I know Pitt's not bad. I just don't think they they people respect North Carolina's defense yet. I think that's where it's at. Cuz Drake May and that offense can go, yeah, like no issues. But that defense has some real issues. Yeah. Um and it did well against South Carolina in week 1, but didn't do so well in the follow-up game against Appalachian State, you know, gave up 41 points. Yeah, or that one like was that. scary. So, I mean, there's some things they got to fix on the defensive side of the ball. Um but seven, man, I don't know about that. I you can't tell me that 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 a team that just lost to West Virginia is only seven points less than North Carolina. Yeah, I mean if I if I if I'm doing that, and I get it because you know these these point spreads aren't aren't made to to be um, indicative one way or another. They're 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 made so that people bet on the game. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. So. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, all a gamble. That's one you'd probably want to stay away. That's one you either want to stay away from. Or it's a parlay. If yeah. you wanted to bet that North Carolina is going to cover that spread, which I think they will. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I don't, I mean, in Drake, mate, he's, he's, he's got so many weapons on the offensive end. And he's such a good quarterback that you really can't count him out. Yeah, you know they're going to show up offensively. They're going to put up 30-40. That's just the way they go. Yeah, you know. Just if that defense can click. Yeah, exactly. Um next on the list here I got Florida State at Clemson. Now that to me is a very interesting game because Florida State looked like garbage last week. They they That looked, was they were they were one snap away because I think what actually why they lost that game or the reason why they won is there was a, um, they went on like a third down and I think someone grabbed the face mask and they got a first down. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple different ways you can go with that. Cause they had a 31 to 10 lead midway through the third quarter. I think at that point, you're thinking, man, they're going to run away with this. When if these 51 to 17, yeah, yeah. something like that, you know, 52 to 17. It's one of those you turn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right, check this game's every over. now and then. And then they slowly but surely allow Boston College back in the game. Boston College too. Like, yes, Boston, <laughs> Co- Boston now, now College, now I will say. They're getting better. They're getting better, but also that was kind of their signature game for the season. Don't quote me on who they were honoring, but it was some. Yeah, there was someone they were honoring. Some military representative that played for Boston College. He was a linebacker. I forget his name. It said on the back of his, on the back of their jerseys. Yeah. Um. And so they had a lot to play for that game. So I'll give them that. Um That was their Super Bowl. You no, still no. don't you still don't blow a twenty one point lead with a quarter and a half to go. Yeah. Those, if you're the number two to team Boston in the nation, College and I don't to think, Boston College. And I don't think they should, um, in my opinion, I think they should have got deducted for that. Yeah. So. And we'll get we'll We'll get into that a little later because <laughs> there's some things I have uh, some disagreements with in the rankings, but um this is a dangerous game for Florida State mm-hmm. if I'm being honest because Clemson looked terrible in week one against Duke Granted, Duke is a good team they've got a great op- great defense but good program yeah good program um they went nine and four last year and then they followed it up with a uh, you know, went over a top ten at the time. Yeah, Clinton. they're starting to become a football program. Yeah, yeah, and everybody only knows them as a basketball program, but I mean, slowly but surely, they're they're becoming. You legit know, when people football. were surprised about that loss. I was like, I think I think Duke has has um, they're not a doormat anymore. No, and 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 the other thing about it, um, you have to understand, there's been a lot of talk about Dabo Sweeney and his, uh, refusal to go into the portal and get transfers. Uh, apparently that's something he's adamantly against. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Apparently that's something he's adamantly against and, um, that, that handicaps you. That's the game now. I feel like that's, kids are transferring left and right. Well, and, and, and you're looking at complete, essentially polar opposites here in Florida State and Clemson, right? Because Florida State, they got Keon Coleman from Michigan State, yeah, they're taking anybody they got care. Jordan Travis, <laughs> they yeah. got, you know, they got a few, uh, Bell, another wide receiver. He came out of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got a lot of their skilled players, a lot of their impact players are, they've gotten through the transfer portal. And then you have Clemson on the other side who absolutely refuses to do that. And so it'll be a nice kind of contrast to see kind of which one went out, I guess. Where college football is yeah, at. Yeah. Where college football is at. Um. Cause I feel like the transfer portal thing now is like, it is a very big When Back then I felt like it was like, if you wanted to transfer because you knew that you weren't going to be playing anytime soon, you're going to go to a smaller school, Mm -hmm. um, say if you were with a big school and you went to a smaller school, now these kids are going, I mean, big schools and starting right away. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and it, it, it's crazy to see, uh. I don't want to say the talent gap but like you're seeing people more people nowadays more kids nowadays going from lower level college schools to these bigger programs and being just studs right away and it's partly a reflection of the system that they that they're currently in but also I feel like a lot of these guys that are that are kind of getting hidden by these lower level programs they're just you don't see them or you they know? just need time. Or they, or they don't have the other skill. They don't have a quarterback to throw to them. They don't have an offensive line to block for them. You know, like there's a bunch of players out there uh, that I feel like are making big impacts on big programs right now uh, that were at smaller schools just a year ago, and that's because they have the personnel, they have the the impact players around them to help them kind of develop and help them be what they are nowadays. And it's crazy to see it. Um, and I feel like. A, a few of those <laughs> are at Florida State and yeah. I think that's if you're looking just at the rosters here Florida State should win this game they should yes they should but last week they really got away with a uh, a win there and then you're talking about going into Clemson which is always a difficult and in- death valley yeah. right. well, is that what they call yeah, yeah Death valley oh. let's be real about the situation with Clemson okay they've only been good for the last 10 years Before that, they were just an okay program. Their last national championship prior to a couple of years ago was what, 1980? So it's not like Sean Watson really. Yeah. Yeah. So like they're, they're not like a blue blood in that case, but within the last 10 years, they've become a big time program that has, has won a (laughs) lot of games and has won a couple of national championships. Yeah. Right. So you can't deny their presence in college football nowadays so they're kind of if i'm looking from a florida state perspective they're kind of a big brother or the dragon that you need to slay
1: well it's, it's right. kind of
0: like this could be passing a torch again yeah exactly to florida state because yeah. i feel like florida state's always been a big program yeah and they kind of struggled there for a little bit mm-hmm. um so this might be passing a torch yeah and and don't get me wrong i i think clemson has the has the players to to win especially since it's at home I don't know though, man, Jordan Travis in big games. Yeah. That guy shows up, you know, against LSU in week one, what they win 40, 42 to 17. I think it was Yeah, something along those lines. Um, so I feel like, you know, you just gotta, you gotta be able to, to, to handle him in the big time moments but also understand that he's not going to, he's not going to give the game away. You got to take it from him. Yeah. Um, and so from his perspective or from Clemson's perspective, I feel like this is, this game more so than pretty much any game this week is going to be, is going to be one in the trenches because it, it, it's all dependent on whether or not you can get any fresher on Jordan Travis. Yeah. If you can get pressure on him, it might be a long day for Jordan <laughs> Travis. If you don't, it's going to be a long day for you. What um, what year is he in? he's a sophomore. No, I think he's a junior. Junior. I didn't think he was a sophomore. But. Yeah, that's. Oh no, he's a senior. I'm he's sorry. Senior. Okay. He's a senior. Yeah. So I mean, this is his this is going away kind of kind of season. This is big. This is big. I think this is like like I we kind of just said passing the torch, Mm -hmm. and Florida State I think needs this one. Yeah, and easily if they can go out there and really beat Clemson, it's going to be like, hey, maybe you need to think twice about getting those transfers. Yeah, and and I think this will this will kind of uh, put things into perspective for Dabo Sweeney, because I agree with you. I think at this point, if you if you lose and you lose badly to Florida State, you kind of have to reevaluate your program and see where you're at. And there has to be some kind of give and take with a transfer portal. Like you might not want to go all in with a transfer portal, get, but you gotta just get, get high a couple. Talent. You gotta get a couple. Just mm-hmm. get some- uh, Get some cats, you know? You got <laughs> to do it. Cause you gotta get dogs and then you gotta get cats. Yeah. Go out and get some of those athletic kids Yeah, that deserve a chance to play for Clemson. Yeah. You know, in my opinion. So we'll see. Yeah. I think Florida State will win that one. But yeah. That one's that one's um that one's one to definitely surf. Uh so I'll I'll tell you what. That's one I actually have Clemson winning. Got Clemson. Okay. Yeah. I got Clemson winning that one. That's not and that's not it's not bad. Not because I like I said before, not because I think Florida State's uh or Clemson I should say is more talented than Florida State. I just think the environment is going to be too much for uh, for Florida State to handle. If Florida um, State overcomes this game, like if they if they really do win this game, I think it's going to kind of give them some a good a chip on their
1: yeah. shoulder.
0: If they win this game, if they go mm-hmm. on the road to Clemson and win this game, I don't know if who else in the ACC is going to be able to to compete with them. Now, we also have to take into consideration what we're talking about. 18 to 23 year old kids so it's it's hard to be motivated every saturday for a game no matter who you are no matter how talented you are um and so you could lose any game on any given saturday as they say but i think the best chance would be north carolina but still that's going to be tough yeah even still i mean i don't i don't even know if they play do they play North Carolina? Mm, they probably don't. They probably no. Miami. They don't. They Absolutely. don't play North Carolina. Or they play them in the conference. If they yeah. It, the only the only way they'd meet them is in the in the conference final. Um, so that's one to keep an eye on, especially this week. Yeah. Uh, a, a, another one that's kind of going under the radar is uh, Oklahoma Cincinnati. That's in Cincinnati. It's their first home Big Twelve Big Twelve game. But man, Dylan Gabriel's a beast. Transfer from UCF. I'm just not high on Oklahoma. No, I mean, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're national title contenders, but do I think they're going to cover a 14-point spread against Cincinnati at home, who just lost to Miami before? No, I'm sorry. They didn't lose to Miami of Ohio. They lost to Ohio. Mm Do I think they're going to cover a 14-point spread against them? Yes. Yeah. that's good. That, that'll be a good watch, actually. There might be a little bit of juice for Cincinnati, though, considering that's their first Big 12 team. So that's one to keep an eye on, you know, for sure, because maybe the tensions are a little bit higher. Yeah. Is Sensei's moving there this year or next year? This year. Yeah. yeah, this year. Yeah, this is their first year in the Big 12. <laughs> um, so that'll be one to keep an eye on. Obviously, the big game at, what, we got 1230 here Pacific time, Colorado. At the Oregon, he is the big one. This is the about. this is the big one that all of the media want to talk about. <laughs> love. I, love. My, okay, so my take on Colorado is, I I really like Deion Sanders. I love Deion Sanders. Um, he's a cowboy. You know, I've always liked his flashiness. The one thing I'm not liking about What's happening to college football mm-hmm. is people are going nuts. People are going crazy. And you look at Colorado and you're like, I like Mel Kiper. or not Mel or Who's the other guy? Todd McShay. Yeah, what he said. He was just like, You guys weren't even like a you guys haven't had a good football program in a long time. Yeah. And all of a sudden you guys are showing out to the college day thing. Where were you guys? Five years ago when they were here. Their last winning season was in what, 2016? Seven. Seven years ago. So it's like I kinda want I kind of want a little bit of a or I think they might have they might have had a winning season <laughs> during the COVID year. But either way, <laughs> the COVID year. <laughs> yeah. Let's move past that. A lot right? of things happened yeah. during COVID. With Let's those, pretend like with that didn't teams. happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it's good for college football for people to start to love college football, but I don't think they got dogs on their team. Well, so here's my thing about Colorado. I I appreciate what they're doing for the sport to a certain extent, because Mm -hmm. it is bringing more popularity to the sport. But I think some of the attention is negative attention. And I don't like that. It's too much about his kids, too much about like, here's my thing. You know, it's all about Shiloh Sanders and Shador Sanders. Well, there's what? 83 other kids on that team that got scholarships what well, did you hear about Deion sanders after when he won when they won that Colorado state game No, when he was walking to the tunnel after the game mm-hmm. they were like your son isn't that your son your son he was like hey i'm proud of my team like and that's why i like deon sanders because i feel like i think he understands i'm gonna bring the hype wherever i go yeah. I mean, that's just his personality. That's just his personality. Yeah, that's who he is. Um, but I think also that Colorado state coach saying what he said that it hyped up the game. It really hyped it up. Yeah. And it lived. It, uh, it was a good game. It's a pretty solid game. Um, but I like that Deion Sanders kind of checks the media every now and then and goes, listen up. Yeah. I'm proud of my team. What my team did tonight, we, we struggled but we came out with one that game. Well, and and here's another thing to to kind of back that is, they could have folded after Travis Hunter got hurt. Mm-hmm. He left the game and he was out for almost the entire second half. Like they could have called it quits. How'd you, like, how'd, you, how'd you feel about that hit? It was a late hit. It was definitely not warranted, but it wasn't worthy of, I don't think, an ejection or a suspension. I think I th- I think it should have been a penalty. It and 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 Brent Brent actually brought this up. It's a good point. He was a defenseless receiver. He wasn't looking at the defender while, you know, mm-hmm. and with whether I agree with it or not, in today's new rules, he technically is a defenseless receiver. So, you can say maybe that's targeting and eject him from the game. You can make a case for that but these people making death threats that's against horrible, them. That's horrible, man. I mean, I heard that, and I was up. like, man, that's horrible. Grow up, dude. It's college football. <laughs> it's hitting. college football, And dude. also, too, they're hitting each other all it's, every down. Yeah. You know, I mean, whether or not it was intentional, whether or not it was dirty, whatever your, your opinions on it were, like, the guy doesn't deserve to be given death threats. Yeah. Um, I don't think it warranted a, a suspension. It was... Not overly egregious, I wouldn't say. He didn't go to the head or, you know, below the knees or anything like that. It was straight to the chest. My opinion, I think he should have got um maybe a quarter or two taken from well, him. But if if they would have said, you know, because at first when I saw it, I was like, man, that should be targeting, that should be a suspension, that should be that that's horrible, man. More time I had to think on it and sit on it. I'm like, you know, yeah, they could have called targeting there because he was defenseless, but I'm almost kind of happy they didn't because I think it kind of, from there on out. It cleaned things up a little it bit. It kind of cleaned things up. Yeah. Because I think it started to, that rivalry that they've kind of created mm-hmm. is like, okay, we we went too far now. Yeah. All right, I'll state. Chill out. Yeah. I'm on. The guy, the ball was way over his head. And then also the defender that was with him, trailing with him, he gave up too. Yeah, he's he's like, well, And it kind of seemed like he hit himself inside that guy and hit him. And it just, it was kind of one of those plays. It was like, if I was the coach, I would have pulled that kid aside and just said, good job. Hey, I love the intensity. Let's keep it in between the, the the... the yeah, field. let's keep it in the field. Well, and, and, and I've seen a few things talking about how, you know, it's a reflection of the coach and the morals of, this, of, the, of the system and everything like that. I think that's BS, if I'm being honest. Kid was trying to make a play. Kid was trying to make a play. Um, it was a wrong time. Do I think it was an agree, uh like, not an egregious play, but uh, a, a late penalty? Yes. A late hit? Yeah, Yeah. it was. Um, but I don't think he was trying to do anything overly malicious. Cause if he was, he would have gone to the head or to the legs. Yeah. You know, um, and that's kind of where I'm at on that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I know everybody has their own opinions on that and it's, it's, I can't fault anybody for their own opinions. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, if, but what happened happened, right? So the most important thing now is that Travis Hunter gets better. He gets healthy. Yeah. Uh, he comes back to the field, performs for his team, you know, and gets back to his, his brothers, you know, um, and is there for them. I um, think it, I think it also helped, like those other wide receiver number ten. I forgot I forget what his name is, but uh, and the tight end, they oh yeah, kind of made them like that tight end is a stud. Hey, it's, dude. it's not just Hunter, dude. Yeah, that you tight end is a you stud. You guys need to throw to these kids. Now, <laughs> here's my thing, and. I'm not a super big fan of Colorado. If you're going to give the same um, glory to Colorado, you're going to for the TCU win, then you have to give them just as much criticism for that narrow win against Colorado State. Because you're talking about, like, that's a great win going into TCU and overcoming a 21-point odds to win on the road against a top-17 team in from a Big 12 conference, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then you're talking about being at home against a Mountain West Conference team that you're favored by, what was it, 25, 30 points? Mm-hmm. And you had to take them to double overtime? I think it just showed how much Colorado State wanted it. Yeah and and it looked like it looked like Colorado was like oh these guys actually came to play. They're, so, they're here well, to Yeah play. yeah yeah this is what you guys are going to get yeah every I, down now from here on out I was watching a lot of the of lot of the bigger broadcasts um leading up to that game and all of them were talking about how Jay Norvell was you know out of line for saying what he said and how Colorado was just going to destroy them for doing what you know for everything that led up to that point. And then you saw Colorado actually playing a game and you're like, for Colorado State actually playing the game, and you're like, oh, shoot, don't forget that their college football needs these, these boys know how to play, you know, yeah. like they're they're not slouches. And so I think it if if, if I'm gonna put a, a positive perspective, if I'm a Colorado fan, it's nice to know that you can overcome that kind of performance from a team that you didn't expect that kind of performance from. Yeah. Now, let's go on to the test this week. Yeah, so we got Oregon. In Oregon. <laughs> and Oregon had a tough first week loss, was it? No, 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 no. They're 3-0, and dude. Are they? Yeah. I they w- they lost their first week. No, 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 no. They, they uh, steamrolled Portland State Man, in their first I week. I thought that they lost. No, so they, they, they beat Portland State. 81 to seven, and we've won, 81 to seven, ouch. Um, and then they beat, yeah, <laughs> talk about a game. <laughs> mm. And then they beat Texas Tech in Lubbock, in Texas Tech, 38 is, to 30. It's, it's and that game. was actually a good game because uh, that was a game where Morgan didn't have everything, you know. That's why I thought they lost it. Like, yeah, they, they, didn't look, they didn't look great. I guess I didn't check the finals for them. and they still came back and won. In you know, in a tough road environment. And Texas Tech coming into the season was a sleeper Big Twelve championship kind of team. And now they're sitting here at I think they're one and two. Um so that's a pretty dang good win, even if it was a come from behind win against the opponent you didn't think was gonna have it when you came into that to that stadium to play. Um and then week three, I mean at home against hawaii mm. 55 to 10. you know no big mm. deal but hawaii's used to that. well yeah <laughs> they are <laughs> i feel um, like anytime they play a big team it's like unfortunately tough. yes yeah. um but what i love right now is the skill players and bo nicks because i feel like that's i mean the core of the skill players and bo nicks it, yeah you know, unstoppable dude And that defensive line for Oregon is legit. And they're just, I think also too, like all around fast. Yeah, they're fast and and big. This is another one of those games. uh, I kind of talked about it with the Clemson Florida state game. This is another one of those games. I think that's going to be decided in the trenches because Colorado's offensive line is horrible. Yeah. They've They've given up their tackle play has been pretty bad. Uh, They've given up so many sacks. I don't know what the exact number is. I think it's twelve, over twelve, And hurries to hurries yeah. to the quarterback. And and to Shador Sanders' credit, he's he's running. He's made it look he's like it's no problem. You know, <laughs> <Like> he, <laughs> he's running. It is what it is. But I I have a feeling against elite competition like this, you're gonna you're gonna you might have to to face some legit challenges that you might not be able to overcome if if I'm an, if I'm a Colorado fan. In Nebraska, I feel like Nebraska was like kind of a win for them to be like okay, we're not a team that is just going to get wafted over yeah by a big school. Yeah. Um, but this one that uh, makes it a little different for me. I thought Oregon lost, so I, I got Oregon well, but so they're favored. Doing by them tw- dirt. They're they're favored by 21 in phone. This is Yeah, it's in Eugene. That's tough. That's one of those games I think they cover. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't cover. I would be surprised if Colorado won the game. But I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't cover. I will pick them to the cover in this game. Just because I I think if we're talking about and I know all the spreads are based on a neutral site, but if we're talking about Colorado at home, or I'm sorry, Oregon at home against Colorado. I don't care. I don't care what your skill players are like, especially if, if Hunter out. If team. you're missing Travis Hunter, that's that's a big loss, whether you want to admit it or not. That's you know a big it. loss on the defensive and offensive side of the ball. So I think I, I just think Oregon's got too much firepower for Colorado in that game, and yeah. uh, it it might end up being a close game in in the start. And then Colorado or Oregon's just gonna run away with it if the end. Yeah, I just think I just think it's gonna it's gonna show them, okay, you know, you guys, you guys had your fun. Yeah, and, it's been um, real. But you, you you're starting to enter into the Oregon, Utah, Washington yeah. State, you USC. know, Washington, you know, all those teams that USC. Yeah, you could potentially. I just named all those teams off. They could easily lose. 90% of those games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. And all of a sudden, we're looking at them and going. I mean, so... And and the I think the Vegas odds for Colorado to enter the season was either three or four wins. Obviously, they've already either matched that or they're about to get that. But... Yeah, I don't... They're three now? Three in them. Mm. I don't think they get it within the next two weeks because I think they lose this week to Col- to Oregon, and I think they oh. lose next week to USC. Um, after that, I think their schedule softens up a little bit after that. Uh, they might get to... Fl- they, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a bowl game. But I don't think we're going to be talking about I think them. they're going to make a bowl game. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to be talking about them making a run to the Pac-12 championship or the college football playoff. Now, the cult, the one that I'm like kind of interested in is if they... I wouldn't be surprised if USC, they lose to USC because it's just one of the ones that they circle in their calendar. Go, this is business. Yeah. It happens every year with these teams. Yeah. And USC is known for it's like, you guys are going to blow it sometime. Yeah. It's just what team are you going to blow it to? And yeah, you know, you, you make a good point because I think. There could, like be you it. said, any given day on college football, any given Saturday, It's happen. And um, but this Oregon one, this one is, I think they got a gut check. You just played a Mountain West Conference team, and they they really, if you didn't have that targeting at the end, which number eight, that guy for Colorado State, we're going to see him in the NFL. Oh yeah, Kamara, he is a stud. that guy's a stud. Yeah, that guy's a stud. He was in every single every single play. One. Yeah. Man, and he was hurt for most of the game too. He was battling cramps or some kind of leg, lower body injury, something like that. I mean, yeah, his knee. Yeah, something. Yeah, something. He is a stud. Yeah, I was like, he was still getting after Shadour Sanders. So that that's a game, and and you know, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but that Colorado USC game might be interesting. And I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but that's at Colorado. So. It could be upset I, alert. It yeah. could be. I could see could a be. case. I could see a case where USC might be on upset alert with Colorado. Um, I think, think it's a little early in the season for a little bit of an upset for USC because I think they're focused. Yeah, it's it's when they get to the end of the season. <laughs> oh, no, dude, Caleb Williams is so good. I I'm I not a fan I, of you. I didn't. I didn't think he was going to be as good as he is right now. And he is like, you know what? He reminds me of. He's the college version of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. A little uh, obviously bigger. A a lot bigger. A lot bigger. But he's the college version of Patrick Mahomes. I mean the guy looks like he already should be in the NFL. Yeah, he should. Um he's just he he is incredible. Watching him extend plays and make plays out of nothing, it's just it's like, how do you do that, dude? Mm -hmm. How do you do it? And he makes it look so effortless. Yeah. You know, I think that's the weird part about it. Um, so that'll be an interesting game next week, but for now I had Oregon over Colorado, and I have them covering twenty-one. I don't know if I have them covering. I think it's going to be a close one, but I think Oregon's going to run away with it at the end. They're going to make it look easy. Yeah, towards the end, maybe yeah. third quarter. It's going to like it's going to be a first good half, but I feel like Colorado hasn't put a full game together. Yeah, and you cannot put a. A half a game up against Oregon, they're gonna expose. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Because they're can, gonna play, they're gonna play all four quarters. Yep. And they, <coughs> they, they just keep coming at you. They're relentless with their speed and their their tenacity and their their uh, their strength. You know, I mean, they're they might not be your prototypical uh, front seven kind of team, but if we're talking about the offensive line and the defensive line, they they can go toe to toe with anybody in the country. Oh yeah. No give me give me probably like two more. All right. Um we'll jump in we'll jump into some baseball. Okay. Um let's talk about well, let's talk about the other two that are probably the biggest games on the schedule. Old Miss Alabama. Um so a lot of people talk about Alabama as if they've fallen off. I think they've only they've only been struggling with their quarterback play. Their quarterback play just looks well so not in, very good. In, in all, well, last week no, you're right. Mm. Um Tyler Buffner is not the answer. Um Ty Simpson is not the answer. Uh I think Jalen Milrobe is the answer. But okay. uh I and And I don't know what the specifics were. I heard rumors about him possibly getting suspended or whatever for that last game against South Florida, and he might not have been eligible to play, but I think he gives that team the best chance to win. Have you seen that guy? No, he is a a specimen dude. He's a big guy, an athletic guy who can run i mean he's he's more athletic than probably 90. of the people that are going to be on the field at any, at any given point. Yeah. So I feel like if you can, if you can tailor an offensive game plan around him, you're going to have a good chance of success. He might've had a bad game against, uh, Texas, but he also threw a couple nice deep balls. Uh, he, he made some nice plays, extended, extended a few. At that point, there was one point in the game where I thought Alabama's going to get away with this. Well, I mean... <laughs> I was like, dang it, they always get away. Yeah, exactly. And and <clears throat> Texas was dominating the game. They were only up 13 to 9. And then uh, Jalen Monroe goes to... Uh, or Milroe goes to uh, Burton on like a 50-yard touchdown pass. They go up 16 to 13. You're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Alabama's got this. And then Texas obviously answered, which is cool. Um, and And kudos to them for responding appropriately, but... I don't think that Jalen Noro has gotten the, uh, the credit he deserves yet for that game being as competitive as it was. He was the reason it was this. Yeah. Cause if you, I'll, I'll tell you this, if you have Tyler Buckner or Ty Simpson in that game, that's a 50 to seven route. Easy. 49 yeah. seven, whatever you want to call it. So he gives them the best chance to win because he's the most athletic and he's got the best arm. Yeah, I they, feel like last week was like a good a good idea of what Bama needs to do. It was kind of like a test trial run that's a good team to test trial run. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not I'm not saying anything about USF because they're college football players and they'd run me out of the building every Saturday, but it's Bama. If if we're comparing a f- Five a group of five stars in Alabama against USF. I expect that that point spread to be a lot different than seventeen to three. Yeah. And Alabama just didn't look like Alabama. The defense. The defense looked fantastic. The defense always, man. You know, I can't say I can't say enough good things about that Alabama defense. It looked fantastic, and I hope it brings it this week against Ole Miss. Yeah. But that offense looked horrible. And and yes, they have some very Real quarterback issues that they need to figure out. I think they I think more so than anything, they need to figure out an offensive game plan, like a specific game plan for Jalen Milro. Because I think if you're able to tailor your offense to his style of play, you'll have success. Yeah. They just didn't do that in that game against Texas. Yeah, they didn't. And 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 that's that's where the problem lies. Now on the old miss side of things here. Everyone's talking about them like they're a great team and, and they've played well so far. Don't get me wrong, but we're talking about them playing Mercer and winning seventeen seventy-three 73 to seven. All right. Yeah, I know 73 to seven against Mercer. Fine. Okay. That's expected. You should beat that team that by that much. Yeah. I wish Michigan could beat a team 73 to seven. 70. <laughs> That'd be nice. You know, but cool. You beat Mercer 73 to seven <laughs> and then you beat Tulane, which people are going to make a lot of uh, a lot of uh things about that game um but they they also forget the fact that Tulane was playing with its backup quarterback in that game too mm. you know so if if uh what's his name Pratt i think is la- is his last name the starting quarterback for Tulane if he plays in that game i think that's an entirely different game and the final score was 37 to 1 that's a lot closer than or that's the game was a lot closer than that final score might indicate yeah And so I don't know how good Ole Miss is. Jackson Dart, transfer from USC, he's a solid quarterback. They have uh, Judkins as their running back. He's a solid running back. Um, I don't know much about their skill players, but they have the talent to do it. I don't know if they can do it against that Alabama defense. Yeah, Here's my problem. I don't know if Alabama scores a ton of points, but I don't know if Ole Miss can score on Bama or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I think they might score, but it's one of those, those things it's like, Bama already has like their number too. So it's like, is it in, is it in Bama? Yeah, no, it's uh, no, it's not. I think it's in Mississippi. Yeah, it is in Alabama. Sorry, it's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. It's and I don't I don't know if Alabama's gonna lose two home games in a year. Mm-hmm. Not under Nick Saban. <laughs> that's that's not a bet I'm mm-hmm. willing to make. Um no. and so I don't know how I mean, if if Lane Kiffin can take his old Miss Rebels in there and, and take care of business, uh, kudos to them for it. But that's kind of a toss-up for me. I think yeah. that could. I think that could be another game, though, that ends up being like a last possession kind of game, or a fourth quarter kind of game, where it's decided by a field goal. Yeah, who's who's got the better defense? Alabama, yeah. for sure, for sure, Alabama. Uh, a, I think that's what it's just going to come down to. It's going to be who's got the better defense. Yeah. And, so, and if you score at the right time, and it's just, I feel like Bama, as much as they've had their struggle, um. They still look good defensively, and that's. I'm more scared of teams when they don't have the defense. You're like yeah. you're sitting there going like North Carolina. I'm sitting there going, man, like they scare me because I don't know if they're gonna make it far. Yeah, because defense wins championships. And, no, I agree, and I think um, Bama's always had that solid defense, and I think they've had, you know, losing to Texas is not embarrassing. I think. No, Kudos to Alabama also, too, for usually Bama, I mean, I I say this about Bama, usually what I hate about them a lot is they're playing these young, these teams, and I'm like, who are you playing in the first three weeks? Oh, yeah. I think that's a lot of, that's that's always been my issue with not just Alabama, but the SEC in general is very rarely do they travel west of the Mississippi or outside of their comfort zone. I mean, yeah. the only reason why that they, I think they're playing Texas because Texas is going to be in the SEC. Yeah. But Dang. I think Texas really showed out and it, I don't think it, it changed my mind on Bama. I think No, Bama's I, still that team that I don't know if they're a top 15 team. I don't know if they're, they can be considered an elite team this year. Yeah. But that's a team I don't want to face on any given Saturday. Yeah. I agree. You know, that's a team that can give it to you any day. I think because Nick Saban's still their, their and, coach. And the talent level's still there. Now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they have 18, which is more than any other team in college football, <laughs> 18 five-star players on their team. So the the talent is there. Yeah, it's definitely there. So it's just whether or not they can produce on any given Saturday kind of thing Yeah. you know so it'll be interesting to see where I think this will be a good litmus test for them to see where they're at because I feel like Ole Miss is one of the better teams in the SEC if they can hang with or beat Ole Miss I think we can talk about them probably working their way back into the SEC, SEC West yeah title conversations um but if they don't have any showing Against Ole Miss, obviously they're out with yeah, they're two out. with two losses, um, and it's just retooling for next year. I think the biggest the biggest uh concern for uh, Alabama next year is trying to bring in a quarterback that more fits their system. Because Joey Mil- Milrow is great; he's great. I like everything I've seen from him so far, but she doesn't seem like it's clicking. It does Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not Bryce Young of last year. It's no. not Jalen Hurts, you know, it's not Tua tunga Loa It's yeah, not all have, of those teams. They've been yeah. kind of Mac Jones. Like they've always been kind of lucky to have somebody that that them fits the system. Yeah, with. exactly. And I don't think he fits the system. I think they have to do a little bit more work to cater to him in terms of his playing style. Uh, if they figure it out, that could be a dangerous team though. Yeah. That could be a team definitely. to watch out for. Uh, Last game we'll go through is Ohio State at Notre Dame. I'm the biggest Notre Dame fan this week. I'm (laughs) I'm singing their fight song. You and me me both, bro. Yeah. You and me both. Um, This could be an interesting game. That's in South Bend, too. Yes. Now, last year, I absolutely couldn't get enough of watching Sam uh Sam Hartman yeah that guy is a stud at Wake Forest or he was a stud at Wake Forest yeah and then he goes to a Notre Dame team and it seemed like this Notre Dame team all they were missing was a good quarterback i mean we talked about them last year and they lost at Marshall they lost at Ohio State and those were all close games but they couldn't score enough points yeah, to keep up with those teams. Not saying that Marshall is a great team. He kind of look like that quarterback, I don't know, the Asian dude. Yeah, Tyler Buckner. He just doesn't, he, he didn't give. It. He didn't seem like he was a Notre Dame quarterback. Well, and he's the gentleman at, uh, at Alabama now. Yeah. So that, that goes to tell you where Alabama's at it, in their state of the QBs, you know? So they bring in Sam Hartman and man, this guy is. Is that the good looking dude too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a dime piece of a quarterback. (laughs) Puts all these quarterbacks. Shame. But dude, this guy can play. Yeah. He can play. And I think him with Audric Estime, their running back. Yeah. Stud. I mean, that's about as good of a one-two punch as you can find in all of college football. This is the first year that I'm kind of like, Notre Dame doesn't look like pretenders. No. No. I look scary. I thought from... As soon as they they got Sam Hartman, I was like, "Oh shoot, this this team is for Rhea. Yeah, because I mean, this guy is. What's the spread on there? What is the spread? Let's see. Spread on that one is Ohio State by three, and that's in Notre Dame. It's basically a pick 'em. Now, on the on the flip side of things. You, you know, I can't stand Ohio State, but I respect them. I respect their their program and what they've done over the years. They've made Michigan who they are. Yeah. So vice and, and vice versa. You know, I feel like both of them play off each other. Um, I think Kyle McCord is a heck of a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think the first two weeks you didn't, you may not have seen the best version of him because. They were still kind of playing around with who they wanted to be their QB number one, but now that he's got the reins and he's their QB, I mean, he, he throttled Western Kentucky last week. Yeah. they won 65 to seven or something like that. I mean, the guy's a stud. Yeah. And so if, if, if we can get that version out of Kyle McFord on any given Saturday, except for the game against Michigan. You're gonna, yeah. I'd be okay with that because <clears throat> that means you're gonna have a good chance to win. I just, I, I'm really pulling for Notre Dame here. I feel like Notre Dame has the tools to do it. Um, here's, here's where I think the the problem for Ohio State is, and I don't look. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't watched a ton of either of these teams. I've watched some Notre Dame, and they're they they are world beaters right now. I think the problem for Ohio state, and this has been the problem over the last couple of years, you've seen it in the Michigan game, you've seen it in some of the Penn state games, is they're soft up front. Yeah. They don't have a defensive line or an offensive line that can can compete with the top tier teams. They usually just have one guy. Yeah. One guy. And so if they can compete in the front seven, I think they have a chance to win this game. I think they can go into South Bend and make some problems, cause some problems for Notre Dame. If they don't, and they don't cause any pressure against Sam Hartman, it's yeah. going to be a long day for that secondary because you can put up 30 points, 35 points against Notre Dame, but this isn't the Notre Dame offense of old because 35 points is not going to do it against Sam Hartman. And yeah, estimate. I, just, I also think their defense is just—it's—it's it's much better than past years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So I I I got Notre Dame winning and um yeah I got I got Notre Dame winning this one too and it's not just because I don't like Ohio State I, I think gen- it's going to be a close game though I genuinely think Notre Dame is the more talented team the only area you could possibly tell me Ohio State is more uh, talented and this is obvious is the skill positions because you have uh, Travion Henderson at running back and you have Marvin Harrison you have the stud. A Meka yeah. at wide receiver. I mean. Yeah, they got they, they got some talent. They got some talent, you know. So the top end talent is there for Ohio State if they can get it all to click. Um, I just don't know how much they're going to cause problems for Notre Dame in the trenches. And I think that's where this game's gonna be won. Yeah. Yeah. But that's my last. That's my last game as far as college football goes. Um yeah, So the, the, you know, I think that the biggest game this weekend is definitely going to be that Notre Dame, uh, Ohio State. If you're a purist, you're going to love that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that more, the more casual fans, the more um, I'm just here for the heck of it kind of fan is going to be more into the Colorado Oregon game. Now I will be watching. Which it. I think I, that's going to be a good game. I'll be watching the game, of course. Um, it's gonna be the game of half. I don't think that's a game that's going to decide the CFP though. Where I think whereas I think the game against the game with Ohio State and Notre Dame has more college football. It's got a, a lot, lot of, of to it. Yeah. 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 I think that's where my mind goes with that game because it just it, it seems to have more more importance. So another big uh you know, we'll kind of end on this topic, but I'll try not to get too deep into it because I know it's just it's tough. It's a tough, touchy topic for us. Um it's I think for me it's it's one of the most disappointing seasons for me. Yeah. Um for sure. Because last year for the in when we're talking padres. <laughs> I didn't mean, I didn't even want to say it you yeah, know, but yeah, I didn't um wanna say we're that. talking padres and um I think the biggest thing for me is last season, I felt like that was a success. and As much as, you know, people are like, man, we could have made it to the World Series. Yeah, we could have, you know. Um, But I felt like it it put us on the map. It put us like, hey, guys, wake up. The Padres are here. Yeah. And we put out this performance this year. Mm -hmm. And it just, it looked like we never clicked, ever. Yeah. We Um, could not put a string of games together. Not until this last week. And this last week, it's like Confasano. Um, you know, he, he looks he looks like the guy that we've been needing. Yeah. Um, and please carry that on to the next season. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I love Gary Sanchez. Guy's a stud. Yeah. But I think at some point, if if I'm a Padres fan and I'm an honest Padres fan, we need to start developing within the system too. You know, it's nice that we have Manny Machado, it's nice that we have Jake Cronenworth. Xander Bogarts, um, Trent Grisham, you know, a lot of these, Blake Snell, you Darvish, but you're not going to win a World Series unless you can develop within your system. And these guys got to play together for a while. Yeah. I think that's why that that COVID team when we played with each other is like, that was a lot leading up. Those guys played a lot of time with each other and. I think why last year was so magical is beating the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, nothing compares to that. That was so awesome. Yeah. Going to a playoff game. Finally, it was like, man, like I get to go as a Padre fan to a playoff game. Yeah. And that was just, it was just cool. It was awesome. But I feel like this year it was just one of those disappointing years. And my two questions for you, Mm -hmm. um, I have my answers on it, um, but. First question is, and I'll 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 ask both questions. Okay. Um, do you think Bob Melvin should take the rap for this? And what do you think went wrong this season? It's very broad, but what if you can narrow it down? You think it's a player? So, you, you know, here's here's my take on that. Um, Bob Melvin also, or obviously, had great success with the Um, I don't know that he's ever had to deal with this amount of star power. I feel like this amount of star power can cause problems for any manager. I don't know that he needs to take the entire rap for it, because I really feel like AJ Preller is mostly to blame for all of this. Just because he's the one developing the system, yeah. you know, he's the one signing the players, it's not Bob Melvin, he's just coaching the players, but at this level of competition, besides a few tweaks and twists here and there, these players are already fully developed, you know what I mean? So there shouldn't be too much you need to do in terms of like getting these players to get up to these games. You just need to manage the actual game itself. Yeah, now Bob Melvin has not been perfect. Okay. I'm not pretending that Bob Melvin has been perfect. There's been times where I've questioned him throughout the season. Do I think he needs to take the rap for it though? No, I think it's mostly AJ Preller um, and his uh, propensity to uh, make the splashy deals and not necessarily make the deals that'll help the club in the long run, you know? Because yeah. if if you look at the Dodgers module, and I, I can't stand the Dodgers, right? You and I both can't stand the But they're successful, and I respect their organization. What do they do? They sign a couple big free agents, and they develop within their system. Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, which is a whole other issue, I know. But... Um, <laughs> That's a whole nother issue, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Walker Bueller. you know, the, um, and then they get a couple like fringe, uh, well, even like Dustin May. Dustin May. Yeah. And they, but then they get a couple a of lot fringe of their relievers. Um, free agents, like Max Muncie, who f- was playing for the Oakland A's and couldn't do anything for the Oakland A's and he gets over to the, to the Los Angeles Dodgers and, I mean, is a key contributor to the World Series. Gavin tour. Lux. Gavin Lux, you know, um. Uh, who's their catcher? Uh, Barnes. No. Smith. Smith. Yeah. Will Smith. Isn't Barnes with him though? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about Will Smith. He's got a heck as of stuff. And then um, you got Chris Taylor. And team. you got Chris Taylor. So it's like if I feel like everybody, and I know it's not possible, but everybody should try to follow that Dodgers module because that's really the key to success. I mean, they were having an off year this year. And still are close to winning hundred games. <laughs> it makes me so mad. Are you mad, kidding man? me? Yeah. Like it, that's that's the world we're in, and that's because they develop their system the right way. You know, I like I said, can't stand the Dodgers. I can't stand them, but I can respect the way they do things and the way that they win. Yeah, because they do it the right way. Now. My big thing with Bob is I think I think the hole that we're in now is we have a lot of contract. A lot yeah. of contracts. Yeah. I hate to say it, we gotta shell one of them off. Yeah. One I of agree. them has to go. I agree. Um and and it might differ on opinions on who. Um but I was really disappointed in Manny this year. Yeah. The way that he played. Yeah. And kind of his attitude, it didn't yeah. feel like he was a leader. Yeah. And I felt like it was the complete opposite of last year. I felt yeah. like he was the, he was the no doubt leader last year. The rock. Like he was. Finally like, took that step into yeah. being a leader. Him, him. And you know who else I'll say is. Uh, Jake Crony Yeah. I feel like neither one of those players, and I i don't want to call them out or anything like that, but like. It, it, at times, it just seemed like they didn't care. Yeah. It feels that way. It, it seemed like it, you know, like, uh, it's fine. Whatever. We'll get him next game. But then the next game came, same thing. Oh, we'll get him next game. Next game came, same thing. You know, and it's like, you can't keep playing that game. You have to start playing with a sense of urgency. Um, I just didn't see enough big plays from Chrome. Well, and, and yes, he's a good first baseman. I I, 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 I agree with that. But I I hate this thing that we're getting in San Diego. It's this like, well, I like Corona so we shouldn't get rid of them. To me, I'm like, if you're not producing, yeah, I want to shell you off for for assets. Well, and 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 here's my thing because people people will look at this lineup for the Padres, and I know this is not the starting day lineup. So this is the current lineup they're playing against the mm-hmm. St. Louis Cardinals, but they'll look at this lineup and be like oh well those aren't bad numbers objectively speaking because you're looking at bogart's 282 average a 790 ops that's a solid season did he ever produce in big time moments early in the season even midway through the season he did just in the beginning it felt like in the beginning of the season he was hot and then he really petered out like i mean he was and and that's my thing. It's like, you know, I I love the 282 average. That looks nice on paper. But what did you do with runners in scoring position? What did you do in extra innings? But they're 0 for 11 in extra innings. Yeah, that's tough. 7 and 22 in one run games. You're not going to win a division doing that. And that's that's where I'm... And p- you're not going to win a wild... You're not yeah. even going to get a wild card And spot. that's where I'm frustrated because it's like, well, if you even go 500 or even close to five, if you even go five and six in extra inning games, you're in the wildcard driving seat right now. Yep. If you go, what would that be? Close, closer to 500 in one run games. You're right there in yeah, the driver's seat. It felt like this season, it, it felt like the people that I, if I have to give an award, awards to this season, First award would go to Snell. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> as much as that guy frustrates me, when he mm-hmm. walks as many <laughs> as he walks. Um, I gotta give it to him. the The guy we've he's had a tough kind of feeling here in San Diego. Yeah, but I, but he's also rose to the occasion when we've needed him to. Mm-hmm. Um, the next awards I'm given to. I'm giving to Soto. I'm giving to Kim. Yeah. Kim. Tatis. And, and I, dude, as much as it's like, it's crazy. We picked a guy up for nothing. Tatis? Gary Sanchez. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. That is insane to me that he's a guy that we were like, he'd come up to the plate. And I'm like, oh, he's Gary's coming up. And it's like, no, look at the rest of our lineup. I, know. I shouldn't be going. I can't yeah. wait for Gary Sanchez to get up. I know. When you That's got insane. Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto and Fernando Tatís and you're you can't wait for Gary Sánchez to come Kim? and like and look I, Gary Sánchez I wouldn't be able to hit a ball as far as he can. Great power hitter. Yeah. Not a great hitter <clears throat> overall if we're talking no, about for maybe. average or anything like that, you know. But he can hit the ball far if he connects. I thought I thought what he did was he brought spark. Yeah. And he's a good backup catcher. And I think it was one of those things that, well, you know, we needed, we needed a bat at catcher and he came in and he gave us a little bit of a bat in this part. He, he went from an environment in New York where he got a lot of rap yep. for his defensive abilities um, and then his production. But I also think New York is a hard place to play. Yeah, you're putting on the pennant stripes. You better perform. You better perform. Um, I feel like what he brought more so to San Diego was the ability to be a leader. He's a veteran. He's won. He's won a ton of games in New York. And he's been a backstop out there for a long time. And so his ability to be out there and kind of be a calming presence behind the plate, I mean, that's right when they signed uh, Gary Sanchez is when... Blake Snell kinda of started to go on his little tear. Yeah. And I think that's directly contributed to his presence in the backstop, you know? Well, I think yeah. we really struggled struggled with the catcher position this year. Yeah. With Nola being what he was, it was yeah. just like, and I think in my opinion too, I'm, I'm with you, Jordan. I like to see a team grab a guy from AAA and give him a chance. Yeah. Someone like, oh, what's his name, Batten, whatever. Oh yeah, for I'm sure, stud. It yeah. looks like he wants to be out there. Yeah, and I don't know that he'll be an everyday player. I don't think so. But he's one of those guys. He's a Chris Taylor. You te- yeah. keep him around. You got to keep him around. And and I think. And I and some people might be mad at me, but, and I don't want it either because I really thought he was going to work out here. Is, I want to see Manny go. And you think so. I, I want to see Manny go and.
1: Because I don't know it, if they'll do that, though. I don't They're know. just
0: signed him to a big contract, you know? And I know. And it, it's one of those things that it's like, and he's getting surgery. So yeah. it's like, it just, it, it was such a tough season for me. And he's one of the ones that I looked at and went, you didn't perform in every single way. So he had more airs than he's had. Yeah. And I can't, I can't, uh, I can't disagree with you on this. Yeah. I will say, I disagree slightly, because if I'm going to point the finger at one person, and this is unfair, but this is just the person that I'm pointing at, is Fernando Tatis. Now, you look at Fernando Tatis's numbers from an individual standpoint. Phenomenon. Yeah. One of the better players in all of baseball. But what happened in 21? Potters were in first place, or not first place, but had the wild card. Without him. No, with him. Well, who, who, in 20, who did in we have without him? We did pretty well without him. Yeah, but they they were in playoff position, and then he kind of started to play out his antics a little bit, and faded mm-hmm. down the stretch. Last year, twenty twenty two, we didn't play an entire season without him. Where'd they go? The NLCS. This year, they're playing with him again. with at where they're at.
1: Yeah, now, I'm not I, get it. I
0: I. I It's hard to pinpoint, like, I can't put all of the blame- Cause I can also go to Soto. Yeah. Cause all of a sudden we have Soto and is he a problem in the law firm? Is he, cause it seems like Manny had some problems with people in the law firm. Yeah. The nonchalantness it, but this is how I look at it. And I don't think I've never been high on Tatis. I've never, Mm -hmm. I've never, I said, don't pay him. Yeah. I was upset that they paid him mm-hmm. because I don't think he's proven. Yeah. He had one good half of a season. That was what, 2019? It was right? before the COVID season, yeah, I believe. 2019, I think it was. Um, and then he played good during the COVID season. Yeah, he played excellent during the COVID season. But that's, but so did Will Myers. And so. Exactly. towards Will Myers. Um, so it, I, I felt like he had one good season of playing and we're going to offer him all this money. I yeah. don't know. And I I, I slightly agree with you. I do agree that he has to, he does need to perform. He's one of those guys that we need you to perform more than I would say even Manny. I I just think he needs to grow up a little bit. And I don't know what it is about him, but I feel like any time they talk about a a clubhouse or a locker room conflict. This is a perfect scenario. I think this is, this is one that I, I think about with our situation with the Padres. Do you think Freddie Freeman and Acuna, who was at fault? None of them. Yeah, none of them. It just, it wasn't. It didn't work. It just didn't work. Yeah. And Freddie Freeman, you can say one of the better first basemen's in the league. Mm-hmm. And you can say Cunha is one of the most rising stars. You'd want them to be on the same roster. Yeah, you would. I just think what we have right now, there's too many stars. Yeah. And I think one needs to go. Yeah. You and- can't you can't get rid of Bogarts because you just signed him to this deal. It's kind of tough with Manny because you just signed him to the deal. So for me, yes, I want Manny to go. I do, mm-hmm. as much as I love Manny. I really do like Manny. I love oh. what he brought to this team. But if he keeps performing the way he is and the nonchalant kind of looks like, I feel the same way about Cronenworth. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'll, dude, I'll take Garrett Cooper. Yeah. I don't care. I'd rather have that. If He's a good perform, first baseman. If He's not a perform, bad first baseman. And here's my thing, because I don't want to be that kind of wishy-washy Padres fan that flips on a player. Because Jake Cronenworth had a great season last year. Yeah. But let's be real about the situation. You need to perform every year. We just gave you, we just gave you $80 million or was it a hundred billion dollars? And I don't even, and and it's not even so much money in baseball is crazy now. I, I think we just gave you comfort. We just told you you're going to be our guy at first base. And then that's how you perform. And that's what makes me mad. It's like, you know, you got to bring that intensity, like the intensity that we saw in the NLDS last year with the Padres and Dodgers. Yeah. That's how you got to bring it every single series, no matter who you're play, You could play the Kansas City Royals. I don't care. Bring that same intensity because yeah. that's going to win you ball games. You know what I mean? But then you're playing loosey-goosey against the Kansas City Royals and you mess around and lose two out of three yeah, to, I, I to I one think, of the worst I teams in we, all the baseball. We don't have leadership. Yeah. Um, I think Manny kind of went like this. You guys want to keep losing games. You guys want to keep not taking it serious. I'm not going to take it serious. Yeah. And then you do, and what I see from Tatis and Soto is, individually, they have the stats. Yeah, they're there. They're there. I like Soto more. Yeah, me too. Um, but they both look like they're individuals. Well, so, yeah, they do, a thousand percent. I'll say the one thing that kind of... um Complicates things as far as the Tatis situation. Obviously, he was suspended for PEDs. Yeah. So I don't know how much you're going to get in terms of uh, trade value for him. It, it's it's going to be it's going to be a very yeah. interesting. And the same can be said not not the same, but similar things can be said about Manny Machado because there's been questions about his hustle and his leadership in the past and everything like that. You know, so I don't know how much in terms of trade value you're going to get for somebody like that, making that amount of money. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to be able to re-sign Snell. I think Snell's going to get the yard throw, man. Yeah. I the Red Sox this, are going to come. I knock. just hope he, he doesn't dude. go to the Dodgers, dude. Go to the Red Sox. Go to my socks, dude. <laughs> dude, I hope he doesn't go to the Dodgers. <laughs> that That's one team I will say, Snell, what'd you yeah, think? What are yeah. we doing? This? Come on, brother. You guys already have everybody. Stop, stop so actually, pitching wise, pitching wise, I feel like they're so deep. You know what the crazy thing about this year, though, like the absolute crazy thing, and this goes to show you the amount of star power the Padres have, is the fact that they still have we We have nine games left, and we're still, we still have a chance to make the playoffs. And that's how it, they messed around and won seven in a row. It, it just and they theoretically could win out because their schedule is fairly soft. Let's be real; they got three against the Cardinals. Three against the Giants and three against the Chicago White Sox. If they win out, and so won, so they have to win out. And then what has to happen? Oh, <laughs> some no, serious no, no, no. teams need to lose. No, 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 no. Uh, so I was looking at that today because I saw I was reading an article. Um, the Diamondbacks and the Cubs own tiebreakers over the Padres. Mm. So those are the only teams. If the Padres were to f- finished tied with those teams, they would win out. But if they finished tied against the Giants, the Marlins, or the Reds, the Padres would make it to the playoffs. That's <laughs> <laughs> so crazy to me. If we would have, after the All-Star break, after the All-Star game, if we would have just put our hard hats on. Yeah. And, and put five together. I know, that's the thing. Like you just because oh, you and me were talking about it. Just put five. Or I seven remember, you and again. me, where were we at? River? Oh yeah. Yeah. We were at the We're river. like be we, we have to yeah. understand yeah. what's going on here. Yeah. We're close to the Mets here. But when we go into All Star, all of a sudden it's like we're losing. Well, yep. it was before All-Star break, yeah. actually. Yeah. Sorry. Um All right. Yeah. So uh Jordan had to take a little bath and break right there. Um that's our first bathroom break. Sorry about it. No, I, <laughs> I needed to go. We're today. drinking the Hennessy, so yeah. I have to go right Hennessy now. Hennessy and Apple, dude. Well, you, you can go if you No, want no, to. no, we're not going to cut again. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was just a disappointing, just to wrap up kind of with the Padres. It was such a disappointing season. And I don't want to blame one person and I don't want to, but I feel like something needs to happen organizationally. I think we need to get some tools. Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, like I don't think we're going to re-sign Snell. And it and it sucks. I hopefully we don't lose Kim to this either. Yeah, there's three people. I mean, cuz I think Kim is signed for one more year. Yeah. But Soto another year, right? Soto another year, but with those two players, they're going to command so much in trade value. You almost If we're looking at at it <clears throat> next year at the trade deadline, you can't not trade them. Yeah, it's, if it's, you're yeah. out of contention because if you can't move one of the big big ones, like if you can't move Tatis, yeah, or even both, yeah. if you can't, um it's it's gonna be kind of hard to to yeah. keep them. Well, and then and then, you know, like you have to it, it all it all depends on where you're at, I guess, next year at the trade deadline. Because if you're in contention, you're obviously not trading anybody you're trying to buy. But if you're out of contention or you're even thinking you're out of contention, you have to try to get the max value you can. And Juan Soto maybe not have been what I would have hoped here in San Diego, but he did lead us to an NLCS. He did help to lead us to an NLCS. Yeah. So I can't hate on him for that. Um, and then he's performed well individually this year. Just not in key situations. So, but he's going to command a, a good amount in trade value. So you have to look at him uh, just from a business standpoint, because let's be real, this, for baseball is a business and you have to be able to try to make the best business decision you can make with him because he's going to command a ton of money, whether I think he's worth it or not, whether I think any player is worth it or not, and that goes back to the Shohei Otani kind of conversation. Because I don't think anybody's worth that m- that amount of money, yeah. But he's gonna commit. Well, definitely now he's not. He's not gonna get that huge contract. Oh yeah, no, he's done because he's not pitching until twenty twenty five, and he's gonna be limited to a DH role. And what we saw, Bryce Harper, right? Bryce Harper had Tommy John last year in the offseason and didn't even come back until halfway through this season. Yeah. So I mean, you're really not even getting the hitter of Shohei Otani for the first half of the season next year. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where he lands in terms of the free agents, because people were talking about him getting a little over half a billion dollars, 600 million dollars next year. Yeah. Because, and it, it makes sense. Money, yeah. it doesn't make, I don't think anybody should be in paid like that, but it makes sense because you're getting a pitcher and a hitter. Yeah, exactly. But now you lose that pitcher. And you're not going to have a hitter until half of the season yeah maybe even a little bit more since you don't want to hurt him and i get it in the grand scheme of things you're talking about you're only missing half of the season to a full season and pitching but you have to also also consider the fact that this is now his second tommy john surgery yeah so it's almost inevitable if he's either going to retire or need to have another third Tommy John surgery, that's I almost his. felt like at the trade deadline, they should have traded him. Yeah, they should have. And you know, it's funny. I got a coworker that's a diehard, fur, and her husband are a diehard Angels fans, and uh, I told her, I was like, you guys just need to trade him because y'all ain't making the playoffs. And also and she' too, didn't I just not I just don't think that he's going to stay. Yeah, I think he likes it out in the west coast, but you know, money talks. He's going money. to the Dodgers. Let's not talk about that. But, Jordan. We don't we don't we don't need to bring He's up that kind of negativity. Going to the Dodgers. And you know what? It's gonna it, and they have the role, they have the money to do it. Yeah, they do. No, and they, and they can afford him and not playing you know half what? of a season. He's gonna end up being a Cy Young contender and a triple crown winner because he plays for the Dodgers. Yeah. That's just the way it goes with the Dodgers. <sighs> It it really frustrates me. Yeah, well, I mean. It's also, too, that I've been hearing rumors about Trout. Yeah, I've heard he wants, or not he wants to, but they're willing to trade him. It'll be interesting to see where he goes, because he's a Philly guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a Philly guy. He's an Eagles fan. So it'll be interesting to see if Philly and uh, the Angels can't make up a trade. I don't know if you would trade for him, because you'd have to give up. But I wonder if, because I mean, he is, he's on the later end of his career. You're going to be getting, yeah. And then that too, but you're also like, you're getting one of the better players. I I think he deserves to go to a team that has a chance to win. So here's my thing about Mike Trapp and I love Mike Trapp, one of my favorite players of all time, if not my favorite player besides Ken Griffey, um, I can't see trading the entire farm system for somebody who's going to inevitably be hurt half the season. That's where my mind is. Yeah. Yeah. Because what's the value? You know, Mike Trout, while he's in, while he's playing is the best center fielder in all of baseball, without a doubt. I mean, you can make a case for Julio Rodriguez, you can make a case for a, a, a few other center fielders, but Mike Trout is the center fielder in baseball. The problem is you only get him for 80 games a season. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting to see what teams are willing to give up. Yeah. I think that's because because of all the injuries that yeah. he's had. Yeah. And I wonder if after the whole Soto thing, I think if people are going to start to understand, do we trade away a whole farm? Yeah. Or do we go, No, we're going to stand our ground here. Um, You're going to get two good prospects, bro. Yeah. That's what you're going to get. I think, I think the Juan Soto trade, while well, it, Worked out in some ways for the Padres cause they made it to the championship series, it didn't work out in other ways, uh, especially this year. It kind of helped to reshape baseball. Yeah. Cause it kind of put it back into perspective, you know, because I feel like before Juan Soto, we were getting carried away with a lot of these traits. Like let's be real. Yeah. A lot of these players that we were trading away that we thought were elite players did not deserve the type of capital they were, that the teams were receiving in return. Yeah. And I feel like- Mackenzie like, Gore, like in my opinion, I, I just don't. CJ Abrams, you gave up, uh, shoot, there's a, a really good outfielder they gave up to for him. James, James Woods. Woods. James Woods, thank you. And I think there was a couple other prospects, because they gave up a total of five or six. Yeah. And they gave up um, Luke Voight, who I loved last year, dude. Mm-hmm. I love the food weight. I know he wasn't brilliant. I miss Drury. Drury. Yeah. I like Angels. Plays for the Angels now. Yeah. yeah. But it, it it's gonna be interesting to see what the Padres do this offseason. We'll have to talk about it more on another pod or anything. But yeah. yeah I'm I'm happy to be on anytime you need me. But um thanks, thanks man for coming on and um yeah, we Yeah. Thank and, you. And and you know what everybody, um yeah. I know it's a lot of college football. It's a lot of sports, but that's what you get with me and Jordan. So that's what you're gonna get this week. <laughs> you're Sorry get, about it. You're gonna get that's, a lot of sports and a lot of passion about. That's what I know is 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 college <laughs> college sports, especially and, and baseball. So yeah, that's 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 where we're at. It's always at the end of the episodes I try to give people the opportunity to give a shout out or so. Uh, any shout outs or anything you wanna? Yeah, well, I just wanna obviously thank my wife, and my kids, and. Melissa and Hunter and Noel, I mean, they're my rock, you know, they're everything that I live for. And, uh, you know, everything I do for them for on a daily basis, I do for them, which is, you know, I feel like the way it should be and, and, and vice versa, you know, it's a, it's a great family dynamic. Um, and I just couldn't, I couldn't be where I'm at today without them. So I, I really love and appreciate them. Um, obviously my parents, my sister, obviously you. For yeah. welcoming, uh, welcoming, well welcoming me on this podcast, and then also, you know, all the many memories we have know. Oh, yeah. going back to our childhood and and everything. Um, it's just, it's, it's been a phenomenal ride, and and you know, cheers to many more years. You know, yeah, we'll keep them going. Yeah, and um, for sure, love, love, uh, talking sports this is what we do, even when we don't even have the record button on. So, thank you, everybody, and uh. That's the it's the what to do podcast so thanks everybody thanks Jordan thank you